Cool 97 Radio. Radio. You got to go do that, right? All right. I have to leave the door open. So, Singles Live on the Nation's Coolest, Cool 97 FM. And tonight, as I told you before, we have with us Dr. Milton Hardy. How are you doing? I am very well. Thank you, Anne. Good, good night to you, listeners, all. His mic is a little bit low. Let us see if we can. Yeah. Try it. Well, here we are. Yes. I don't need to. You can shout from around there, just in case. Okay. Here right. right. So. Thank you very much. Yes, much better. I'm hearing you loud and clear. Dr. Milton Hardy. I told our listeners a little bit about you um, before we took the break. You didn't know that. Yes, I did. I did. And so tonight, Dr. Hardy is with me. I want to welcome him to Cool 97 FM and also welcome him to the Singles Live team because we have a team of individuals that get together on a Thursday night, 9 p.m. until midnight to not only teach, to educate, to inform and also to entertain. So tonight, a big task awaits you because we are eager to learn so much as women and also as men who are partners um, to, 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 to women who are listening about uterine fibroids. Um, I told our listeners that you studied extensively um, in the States and also here in Jamaica, more so about uterine fibroids. No, not in the States. Every, in, in, everything in, here in Jamaica. in Jamaica, but you spend some time in in, in, London. in, in London, yes, right, and you have some affiliation um, with the American Gyne- College of Obstetricians Gyne- and Gynecologists. Yes, fact, I, I was the West Indies section chair about four election cycles ago. Mm-hmm. I am still the president of the Gynecological Society of Jamaica. It's called the Grabham Society, right. The interest, though, in uterine fibroids and infertility, why those two? Well, with the risk of being labeled as political, Mm -hmm. uterine fibroids is a black woman's disease. Yes. And black people need to study black women. Mm -hmm. And in Jamaica, where our population is largely of African descent. Uterine fibroids is not only common here, it's an epidemic. So we started out by doing research on the control of bleeding at the operation of myomectomy, which is the operation where we shell out the fibroids from the uterus to preserve the uterus so these ladies may have the opportunity of fulfilling their reproductive ambitions Mm -hmm. because we because of fibroids and its association with infertility a lot of women would go through the years not getting pregnant 
and by removing these fibroids, their chances for reproduction would be enhanced. We also, at the time, were developing our assisted reproductive technologies, which now exists over 20 years now, where you can actually have a test tube baby in this country. Yes. It's not possible to do this without your womb. And in the past, our ladies were more or less sentenced to a hysterectomy. That is the loss of their uterus mm -hmm. because of their fibroids. Uh, not that there weren't any other operations to do, but the operation of myomectomy prior to a technique developed by a group of local gynecologists. The team leader was Professor Joseph Frederick. I'm a member of that team. We developed a technique to making the operation of myomectomy safer. Because essentially, you're cutting into a live organ. So you're going to have a problem with bleeding. We use this drug, an old drug, which causes constriction of your blood vessels. It therefore shuts down the bleeding. Nobody had used it on the uterus um, before in a serious manner. So we did studies in the early 90s and showed that this drug was efficacious or effective in controlling blood loss at this operation. Now, essentially, by injecting this drug into the uterus, you more or less shut down the bleeding for about 45 minutes. And that's a good head start in any race. And by being able to get a good head start, you could do the operation more efficiently. Hence, your results would be more effective. Mm -hmm. So we did this. We did a study which we published in the British Journal of Obstetrics and Gynecology in 1994. Um, the paper was seen by Mosby, who, again, are big publishers of medical information, and it made the yearbook the following year. That's 1995. We then did a study comparing this drug with the method that we were taught to, to do, a myomectomy using a tourniquet, tying a Foley catheter, a rubber catheter around the uterine arteries and cut the uterus while we performed this operation of myomectomy, that is to preserve the uterus. And it was shown that, this, that our method was superior to tourniquet. And in fact, it has now been, it is now the standard of care not only in Jamaica and the West Indies, but in many places in the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome. You know, Ivo is over there, and I can see that his brain is working overtime. He said that, boy, and this is the latest um, topic, yeah, but yeah. I can see that he has a lot of questions to ask. I must commend you on the awesome work that you are doing and have contributed so that women in Jamaica, black women all over the world um, can benefit from such. But let me start with that question that everyone wants to know. What are fibroids? Fibroids are benign, that is non-cancerous, female tumors. They are the commonest female pelvic tumors. They may be solitary, 
or they may be multiple. They may be the size of a grain of sand, or they may be the size of a full-term pregnancy. What happens is that most fibroids, thankfully, have no symptoms. So most people with fibroids might not even know that they have fibroids, especially in our population, where the population is predominantly of African descent. And fibroids, interestingly, are more common in black people. They are three to nine times more common in blacks than in whites. And one would have to interject and ask the question, why? 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 We don't know. Uh, genetics certainly has a lot to do with it. And also your female hormones, because they only grow during the menstrual years. After the menopause, they shrink a little. They might not vanish, but they will shrink a little, mm -hmm. and they no longer grow. In fact, anything which grows appearing to be fibroids after the menopause, please run to the doctor. Mm -hmm. Worrisome. It has nothing to do with chemical imbalance in the body of the these are some of the um, risk factors and theories that have been put forward. Okay. Um, there, as I mentioned before, there has to be some genetic um, link. Right. Um, there is the research being done on vitamin D deficiency mm -hmm. because it is believed that the melanin in the black skin blocking out the effects of the sun right. makes our black women a little bit more prone to be vitamin D deficient and there are some researchers who believe that there's a link between vitamin D deficiency and the development of uterine fibroids. There are also another group of researchers who believe that there is a, a variance in the carbohydrate metabolism of black people and they're wondering if this might also be one of the links which makes uterine fibroids more common in black women. Um, there's a link between being overweight and uterine fibroids. Mm -hmm. And that again comes back to um, an abundance of estrogens in the body. So as you're saying, mm -hmm. hormonal influences do seem to have an impact. But we're not really sure. But the research is still going on. Wow. Mm -hmm. Then I have to move to ask, what causes fibroids? We don't know. We don't know. Cause or no. The same question that you asked, we yeah. just don't know. All we can say is that there seems to be some genetic um, connection. It's more common in people of color. And it only occurs during the menstrual years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where are fibroids located? Fibroids are essentially located in the uterus. And if our listeners could, in an imaginary fashion, cut a pear or an avocado in a half, depending on where you're living, of course, mm -hmm. the outer surface, the skin, we would call that the serosa, the yellow part of the pear, the myometrium, and the inner part towards the seed, we would call that the mucosa. So we will remove the seed. So fibroids might be located on the serosa, that's on the surface. They might be in the intramural part, 
of the uterus, that's the yellow part of the pear, or they might be on the inner aspect closer to the seed, which we would call submucous fibroids. Of course, fibroids can also be attached to the uterus on a stalk, and these fibroids are referred to as pedunculated fibroids. Again, your fibroids on the inner aspect of, the, of this imaginary pier can also be suspended into the cavity of the uterus on a stalk, and these would be intracavitary fibroids. Of course, sometimes fibroids may even prolapse, that is, fall out of the uterus on a stalk from the cervical canal. They may go into the lateral aspects of, from the uterus into what we call the broad ligaments. And this could affect your ureters, which are the tubes coming down from the kidneys, going through to the bladder. And of course, very rarely they can become parasitic where a pedunculated fibroid attaches itself to another organ in the abdomen, taking blood supply from it and eventually separating itself from the uterus, and these are called parasitic fibroids. You, you seem puzzled. I am not puzzled. I'm absorbing everything and, look, and, and, and visualizing um, the pair and also the, 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 the female organs. Yes. One question I would like to ask is there no symptoms? Yeah, that's our next oh, question. Right. Oh, yes. Symptoms. What are the symptoms? Well, interestingly, more than half of the patients with fibroids will have no symptoms. And this, this we can um, rationalize if you remember now that the size varies. So most patients with fibroids don't even know that they have fibroids because they, they had no symptoms during their lives. Some patients, the only symptom they may have might be an enlarging, an enlargement of the abdomen. Mm -hmm. as the fibroids get bigger. But by and large, patients who are symptomatic tend to have abnormal uterine bleeding of any nature, whether it may be prolonged periods, they may be heavier, you may have irregular bleeding during your menstrual cycle. And when I refer to menstrual cycle, I am speaking medically, so I'm not just speaking about the time of menstruation, but the entire cycle. So you could have bleeding in between your periods. Breakthrough. Mm -hmm. All right. These may be accompanied by pains. You, so you might have pains at the time of the menses. You could have lower abdominal pains even without periods. You could have pains during intercourse. We call that dyspareunia. Mm -hmm. Of course, there might be other symptoms, of course. Patients with fibroids, depending on their size, may have what we call bulk symptoms, where the uterus and the fibroid compete with, for the same space with the bladder. So these people now will have to go to pass their urine a little bit more often because whereas the bladder will give because you can empty the bladder, the uterus will not give unless you do a myomectomy or a hysterectomy. Some of these people may also have constipation. Um, as the womb bulges backward, because remember now that the womb sits between the bladder in front and the rectum posteriorly. 
patients may also have obstruction, as we mentioned earlier, of the ureter. They may have obstruction to the blood vessels coming from the lower limbs. So they may have swelling of either or both limbs. They might have back pains. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And let me just turn my attention to our friends joining us via the World Wide Web. Um, and they're chit-chatting away, and I don't want to miss any of the questions that they have to ask. So let me just throw this um, question to, um, to Dr. Hardy before. Um, this one is coming from Fresh Fluffy Diva, and she says, AJ, please ask Doc if there's any relation with contraceptives and fibroids. Um, that's a very interesting question, um, and I will answer that in a very measured manner because mm -hmm. I, I don't want people to be throwing away their pills in the morning <laughs> or, 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 or tonight. But um, some patients may have an increase in growth of their fibroids who are on contraceptives. So too can some patients when pregnant. So there seems to be some balancing out here. But um, I, I would not use that as a reason to label the pill as something bad. Um, certainly if you are a patient who do your annual checkup, it would be easily detected if you are one of the rare people, and I stress rare, in that grouping. But the contraceptive pill does or will cause an acceleration of growth in some patients with fibroids. Mm -hmm. So my deduction is that, dear, okay, from what he's saying, I'm not competent medically, but from what you're saying, there must be some chemical imbalance within the, in each individual. For example, where the pill is concerned, Mm -hmm. For the growth, for the growth to, to permeate that. Yes, and, 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 and remember now, what we had said from the outset, yeah. estrogens. Right. So you being overweight, you'll have the same effect on your body mm -hmm. with the estrogens as somebody on the pills because of their estrogen component. Also, one has to remember that there's also a progestational um, component of the pill, mm -hmm. and the type of pill you take and again this is also individual mm -hmm. it could determine how your body reacts to it right. and as I said before if you don't want to be pregnant stay on the pill because some patients also have an increased size of their uterine fibroids as a consequence of pregnancy, pregnancy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but that's a very very good question I have and the questions are rolling in but the clock on the wall is telling me that I need to take my break at 10 o'clock. Uh, hold that thought, Jani D. I'm going to ask your question for you after these few messages. Singles live on the Nation School at 97 FM. Tonight we're talking about uterine fibroids and the impact on our lives. We'll be right back. West Coast. Cool 97 FM is in your ear on 97.1 FM. Westmoreland, keep that cool vibe. Don't touch that dial.
Singles Live on the Nation's Coolest, Go 97 FM, three minutes after 10 o'clock, and we are still inside the talk segment of Singles Live. And this segment is brought to you by Evergrow Garden Centre. When you want it to grow, call the pro. They are the experts, and they are located at 12 South Avenue in Kingston. Let them help you master your home gardening skills and nurture beautiful, healthy plants. It's the perfect way to de-stress and also to get some sunlight, yes, and you can mold that gift off the green thumb and encourage the love of nature in your family. Dr. Milton Hardy is with me tonight and let's continue the conversation. Let me see ladies um, inside the Mixalar chat room. Remember you can also send me your text. The text line number is 832-7879. That's 832-7879. Janie D was asking a question. And she is asking Dr. Hardy if early menstrual cycle of a, a, a young lady um, start having her menses early if she is prone to fibroids. Uh, very good question. I, I certainly can see from your membership that people have been reading. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and the, the early onset of the menses do apparently or apparently are associated with the development of uterine fibroids. Yes. The answer to that is yes. Mm-hmm. Hear that, Jani? The answer is yes. And let me just scroll down. And let us work it out now. Mm-hmm. If you start having your menses early, you're really having a longer exposure to the hormones, estrogens. Mm -hmm. So that is not really strange if you think about it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What is early? Yeah, good question. Very good question, because it's relative. Um, And interestingly, the age of menarche, as we call it, the beginning of the menses, seems to be getting lesser as we become more developed. Um, younger and younger girls are starting their periods. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have more fibroids, yes. Uh, but I, I would say below 10 years old would be early. It would be early, yeah. Because we're having... But it's not, it's not uncommon, though, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's really a matter of me arbitrarily, arbitrarily picking that time. Another colleague might tell you 12, another one might tell you 9. So true. Um, thank you so much for participating. All our friends joining us via the World Wide Web, Fresh Fluffy Diva, um, Jani D. And Jani is continuing with her conversation. And she's just saying that at first she was being treated for many years for a hormonal imbalance and then years later she was told that she has um, fibroids um, just want to throw that in um, singles live on the nation school est school 97 fm let's move on in terms of so we don't know the cause we know that women who um, start their menses early um, may be prone to um, and I want to throw this in because it's something that I've always been preaching to my, my listeners about sunlight 
lack of vitamin D. It is free people that us utilize it um, or eating habits. Um, once we get to the um, overweight and obese stage, we are more exposed and predisposed to fibroids. So let us try as as much as we can to, to watch the weight and the things that we consume as women. Um, and I want to throw this out to, to, to Ivor. And I want to throw him because when we were advertising... Staying no, I'm staying in my lane. I'm staying in my lane. Um, before we move on to the next question in terms of some of the treatments, how do you think, though, as a man, having um, your wife, your spouse, um, suffering from uterine um, fibroids affect you or affect, uh, uh, you know, men? Because men who don't understand and know me say, a woman thing that. I mean, I have nothing to do with that. But it does. Marcus Garvey says you must read it. Mm-hmm. I, that is my answer to the question. You have to get knowledge. If, if, if you're in a relationship and this is an impacting on the relationship, you must know why. No, I think that is there's an issue with that. However, you must, you must find out why this is happening to the woman. You do your own research. Mm-hmm. Okay, you do your own research as a man, okay? And you must find out basically, um, okay, why is this happening to us? Have a discussion. Because I've been there already, okay? And I had to understand all of these things. And um, it really sometimes strenuous on, on the male, on the man, on the man mm-hmm. in the sense that sometimes you come in and, you know, you know, and nothing can happen, and it can, and it goes on for like it can go for month and a half, or there, there are breaks in it. It comes and goes. So, I mean, you know, leave you in a in a it's state affects, of mind. Yeah, yeah it affects yeah, the intimacy yeah. in the in in the relationship. Yes. And it some, does. Some man run and yeah. go elsewhere. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. yes. And that is another side of it. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And I'm not even sure if it's another side, you know, because if we take the approach that um, if my partner has fibroids, I have fibroids, you know, mm-hmm. it, it affects you. Mm-hmm. So it's not she have fibroids. It's we. It's we have fibroids. You have to know all about what fibroids consist of. And if, if you take that approach, it might be easier to deal with the problems that may arise as a consequence of these fibroids. Because remember now, this lady might be bleeding irregularly and in a prolonged fashion. She may have painful intercourse. Her personality is upside down because of all of these other issues she might be having. And if you throw a little infertility in the mix, it gets even worse. So you may have a situation where not only are you unable to have intimacies then as a consequence of these symptoms, but you might even avoid it. Mm-hmm. You may begin to have a situation where extramarital relationships right. pop up. Next thing you know, you have a divorce. You may or may not have children. If you do, you're going to have a distortion of your family. So this can have very far-reaching consequences. Far-reaching consequences, so true, so true. The question, 
that is on the lips of everyone is what are our treatment options okay and our treatment options vary because um, some treatments are known if you have no symptoms your fibroids are detected only when you go in for your annual fibroids small not giving trouble you leave the patient alone mm-hmm. of course some patients may only require medications um, these medications usually would be iron supplements if they are anemic because you know because of the problems with bleeding and fibroids the patients could become anemic so they're going to need iron supplementation you may need to exhibit painkillers and what will probably guide you in continuing what we call watchful waiting is our closest person is to the menopause although nowadays the menopause seems to be taking longer and longer to come but that's a, that's probably another program <laughs> 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 I, I see you laughing, Anne. <laughs> so, because you see another program. Yes. <laughs> so you know we might do watchful waiting uh, in those situations. Of course, the crux of the matter really would be your surgical interventions, and your surgical intervention will be guided by the age of the patient the extent of the symptoms and her future reproductive ambitions. A lady who has had her children, she is getting along. Let me withdraw that. That's not politically correct. She's getting a little older. (laughs) (laughs) She may opt for hysterectomy, seeing that she might not be opting for more children. Although nowadays, there is a cohort of women who are not giving up the uterus. They're holding on They're to holding it for on to dear it. life. So you may have to offer them a myomectomy. Of course, this is the source of, or could be the source of a heated debate among colleagues, you know, mm-hmm. why you want to do this operation of myomectomy on this lady who not going to have any more children. But um, I guess we all have our views on these matters. Is mm-hmm. a personal choice? I think it's a personal yeah. choice. Yeah. I, I think so, you know. What's the cost for something? Sorry. I it depends on who is doing it. Okay. But you could also... Um, so you, you would do the hysterectomy if you're going to be non-conservative. If you plan to be conservative, that is to retain the uterus... Um, plus or minus um, future reproductive uh, desires, then, of course, you have your operation of you could just destroy the lining of the womb in an attempt to shut down the bleeding. All right? That works sometimes. Maybe a little bit more than half. You could do what we call myolysis, where you use a bipolar or bipolar forceps to destroy the tumors but these now generate a lot of adhesions that is organs sticking to each other so it can be used in people who want to have more children 
you could you uterine artery embolization, which is done by the radiologists, where they block partially obstruct the uterine arteries, and this will sometimes reduce the size of the womb as well as the symptoms. But one of the problems with uterine artery embolization is that it cannot be done on a patient who is not fit enough for surgery because sometimes the complications from um, embolization can actually force you into theater. The patient may develop, for example, a, utri a severe uterine infection, which may lead you to having to do a hysterectomy. And of course, you could end up with problems with the bowel and that sort of thing. So, and of course, it has no place if you want to have more children. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's not usually an option. So the common procedure done is an abdominal myomectomy, which I had told you earlier, our um, work in controlling the blood loss. Because, um, as I said, we're cutting into a live organ, and you have to limit the bleeding as you go along. In fact, a myomectomy could end up in a hysterectomy because of um, life-threatening hemorrhaging. And all patients getting a myomectomy need to be told before the fact that this is a possibility. However, the technique developed by some local gynecologists seems to have um, reduced the likelihood of that happening. I just want to backtrack a little bit um, in terms of the question about fibroids and bleeding. Are all fibroids bleeding fibroids, if there's such no, a statement? I understand what you mean. The statement is not scientific, but I, I hear you loud and clear. Um, not all patients with fibroids actually. Well, from the outset, we told that more than half of the people do have no symptoms mm -hmm, anyway. Mm -hmm. All right, and not all patients with symptomatic fibroids will have bleeding. Some might just have pains. Some may just have a big belly, where they always appear to be pregnant for years, and you know, but they're not pregnant. Okay. Hold that thought. Let me do this so that we will always have singles live on the airwaves. And this talk segment is brought to you by Evergrow Garden Center. Evergrow Garden Center, remember, as Jamaicans, we must continue our efforts to grow what we eat and eat what we grow. And Evergrow is the ultimate one-stop shop where you get everything for your farming, gardening, and growing needs. And you can call them at 876-906-9916 or 876-906-9160 for details. Let's continue our conversation. Um, Rebel Nick says, AJ, tell Dr. Hardy an old patient is saying hi. Um, um, hi. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, he's not going to know you by that pseudonym. Um, let me just... Let me just read some some of the chat that is happening here. Okay, somebody had a... Um, myomectomy and she's saying they were back within a year yes After having one. yes that's what she's saying all right it's well it's difficult to say what might have happened seeing that i wasn't there um, she may very well be a fibroid producer mm-hmm 
there may have been fibroids which were not removed at the initial um, procedure, but um, even getting new growths of the fibroids within a year is a little rapid because from our experience, we see three populations of patients. Those who, for whatever reason, the fibroids never ever grow back after the first myomectomy. Those who, they grow back, but they don't create a problem. And they will go up to menopause without any other intervention. And then there's another, a third population of patients in whom we are back in theater five to nine years later. And sadly, most of these people still haven't gotten pregnant, which led us to a new development in our research. Because we now had patients in their early 30s who had had myomectomies, who now had more fibroids and no children. And we took it upon ourselves to do the repeat operation, the same group of gy local gynecologists. Mm -hmm. And I am pleased to say that this had not been reported in the literature before. This was pioneering stuff. But having developed the technique of using pitrestin or vasopressin, that's a drug we injected into uterus, we did a study on 55 patients who had had previous myomectomies. And we did the repeat operation and we published in 2002 in the Journal of Human Reproduction that study, which I am pleased to say at that time, human reproduction was the top journal in the world in obstetrics and gynecology. So, you know, we were quite pleased about that. But um, nobody had done that study before. Certainly what we discovered was that no patients who had adhesions in the adnexa, now these are the tubes, and ovaries got pregnant either after the first operation or the second, naturally. So our recommendation now actually is that if you, after the first myomectomy, if you're not pregnant in two years, you should proceed straight to assisted reproductive technologies, that is IVF, because you're probably one of those with the adnexal adhesions, and it doesn't seem to regress even with the second operation. What we found was that the, and naturally too, the natural pregnancy rate in the second operation was far lower than people having first myomectomies. Because half of the people after the first myomectomy will become pregnant. The other half, I guess, they will have to go on to IVF or they will come back with new, group, new fibroids. New fibroids. Um, the, but having done the second operation, the patient now has a womb. And we can now offer the IVF program. So they still have a chance to reproduce. And some of them do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I am learning so much tonight. Um, Marcia B. is saying, um, I begged my doctor, but he wanted to wait to see after two years if I had enough... Um, up for 
quality of life. I'm right out the whole thing, Marcia B. Right out the um, and then now um, she's saying um, and asking if fibroids, if it's genetic because or it's just a black woman thing because you know mother, daughter, granddaughter. So she has answered her own question. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is. It is. Yes, it is. She answered herself. And I don't think it was Marcia that was um, that was asking that question, but that conversation was being had in the in the Mixlr chat room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you, 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 if your mommy had it, there's a possibility that you could, and also your daughter, your, your, your sibling, and your, si your siblings. Mm -hmm. Oh dear. Your, mm -hmm. your, your aunts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Shay 48 is saying... Um, Your brother's children. That too. <laughs> so it's an ongoing thing. Um, that when she was pregnant, I mean, she got pregnant um, with fibroids. Yes. Um, but it was, it was very painful because as the baby grew, um, the fibroids grew too. That too. And also during pregnancy, fibroids undergo a process which is painful called degeneration but this is a misnomer because the word degeneration would suggest that it is something that is going away but it is not but that's what they call it mm -hmm. but it is painful and in fact it can cause the occurrence of preterm labor in fact it can even cause you to miscarry but um, yes it does occur in pregnancy. Interestingly too, you can get degeneration of fibroids during the menopause. Anyway, another show. <laughs> <laughs> another question for you. Um, okay, Princess J is saying, I did my myomectomy surgery and within months, sm small fibroids popped up. So I did the laser surgery to get rid of the small ones. And she says, since then she has been free okay and that, that that's okay that happens mm-hmm Jenny's also saying all my sisters have it because my mom had it genetics right mm -hmm. I pray that my girls won't have it they yes I'll reserve, yeah. I'll reserve my comments. <laughs> <laughs> Singles live on the nation's coolest, Cool 97 FM. We have been so focused on persons inside the Mixlr chat room. Let me see if I can take a trip over to um, our texters to see if there's anything happening there. Um, don't see any text. I guess everybody's using the Mixlr chat. Remember, if you need to send me your text, you can send your text to 832-7879. That's 832-7879. Singles live on the nation's coolest, Cool 97 FM. And remember, we're talking about uterine fibroids with... Dr. Milton Hardy and I know their phone lines is ringing. I am going to take a short break and see if I can take that call. 
to see what is happening. Also, once again, want to thank Evergrow Garden Center for sponsoring this talk segment. Remember, when you want it to grow, call the pro. They are located at 12 South Avenue in Kingston, and they can help you master your home gardening skills, and they can help you nurture beautiful, healthy plants. Remember, it's the perfect way to de-stress. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. song makes me feel so happy i just love it well the gentlemen they're chiming in at this time ian is asking and something that we mentioned just briefly before earlier and he's asking um can you ask doc if the impact of fast food on young women um are causing the early development and possibly contributing to them having fibroids. Remember, we spoke um, yes. about this earlier. Well, you know, my answer to that would be um, the effect would be indirect um, if we go by the premise that um, fast food consumption can lead to obesity. Mm -hmm. Then the answer is yes. Is yes. 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 So the key really is to try to eat right, to keep your weight within its optimum bounds. Mm -hmm. Because remember now, being obese, all it means that you're about you're 30% above what you should weigh. Now. So you're not even morbid or unattractive in appearance, but you're overweight. Mm -hmm. and so you're carrying around more estrogens than you should. So yes, you're at higher risk for developing fibroids. In fact, by being overweight, you're setting up yourself for a problem in the decade after the fibroids, endometrial cancer, because increased estrogen levels increases your risk for that. But that's a an even other program. Another program. <laughs> and the, uh, the gentleman that called um, earlier, um, and the phone lines are ringing, but we can't take all the calls. Um, he said that his, um, his partner, um, many years ago, um, did the myomectomy, and now um, something else seems to be happening. Um, and she was supposed to do um, surgery um, leading into the whole COVID pandemic. She has not done another surgery as yet. But he is asking the question, can fibroids become cancerous? The short answer to that is no. Mm -hmm. um, it seems to happen so rarely that the answer is no. But um, going deeper into medical research, there are even those researchers who believe that they are not the same disease. In other words, the sarcomas, as they are called, they are malignant from the word go. So 
some people don't believe there is even a transition from one to the other. But as I said earlier, this happens so rarely that the answer is no. But can you have both? That would be a very unfortunate situation, but I'm sure it's possible. Mm-hmm. So the possibility exists. Then. The possibility exists. Yes, but that okay. would be uh, that, that again would be uh, as rare as the cancerous so-called leiomyosarcoma. The fibroids are leiomyomas. Okay. okay. Yeah, so, um, listener, that should kind of settle your nerves. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is rare, rare. Okay. Okay, so. <laughs> no, but, 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 I mean, she must get under the surgery now. A lot of persons are hesitant. Why, though? Some people believe that they'll catch COVID in the hospital. Not even before COVID, Doc. People are so hesitant about... um, I'm a little... I I am actually sympathetic towards these folks. Yes, I am. Because fear is real, you know. Those of us who might not be so fearful think that these people are stupid and how they're not doing what they're supposed to do. Because we know what they're supposed to do. But we must never forget that fear is real. And we, we have to, to work with them. I, I, I think fear can be an illness. That's my personal feeling, and I, I, I'm sure, I'm sure I, I could raise quite a bit of the ire of my colleagues in the morning. But, but, but fear is real. It no, is. It is. It is. Is, and I have to ask this question, fibroids left untreated, can it be fatal? Very unlikely. All right? It, 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 it is unlikely that the fibroids themselves will kill you. Mind you, you could suffer um, significantly from the complications of fibroids. And one of the main complications that you would have to contend with, especially fibroids that causes bleeding is anemia mm-hmm. and anemia can kill you because you can become so anemic that you may require a blood transfusion you could actually go into heart failure because of anemia and any condition that can put you into heart failure can kill you thankfully this certainly does not come about so often fibroids also by their very nature can obstruct the ureters, so you can do damage to the kidneys. All right. So you have a lot of indirect things that the fibroids can can damage. But um, fortunately, it will be a rare occurrence. But the quality of life, though, even trying to dodge the bullet of death, is quite a task. And you're probably better off doing what you need to do. Mm-hmm. One of the natural saviors is the menopause. Because once you get to that stage, the complications tend to begin to diminish. All right? Ble- bleeding stops. So you stop losing all of this blood. So the blood count goes up. The anemia should get better. But how long will you have to wait on the menopause? That's like, what I was about to ask because you said that um, earlier. You said that women are um, 
the peers are lasting longer. Longer, no. That, that, that's, that, that's an observation that we're all making. What is happening here? I actually... We're trying, trying to keep younger longer. I don't know. Just no, 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 no. That's not, uh, that's not as um, frivolous as you might think, you know. I, I, I think people taking better care of themselves have a lot to do with it. Um, the problem, though, is that the period lasting longer is not necessarily a good thing. Mm-hmm. That is where the problem comes in. It's not necessarily a good thing. So what is the average menopausal age, though? The books I used to read when I was studying was that you would probably become menopausal. You probably would get to the menopause by about 52. No, the patients are having the regular periods at 55. And um, one or two things are happening, of course, that our population, we have never had this many people in that age group in our population before. Because remember now, we have a young population. So each year, more and more people step up to the next age. And I'm not even sure if we're having so much of an increased incidence of the period being prolonged as we are now seeing, we're now having more people to, to, to count. Hmm. And it's probably revealing things that we never used to see before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Taking better care of ourselves. Maybe that's what we're doing. Who knows? Yes, um, I, I think that has something to yeah. do with it. Stress, um, as we're getting ready to wrap um, things up in the talk segment. How does your, our stress levels as women um, contribute to bleeding in terms of fibroids? And does it contribute to the actual growth? Um, or did stress not have nothing to do with it? Um, I'm not going to go on a limb about stress um, as to whether it does or doesn't. Um, some researchers actually believe that stress plays a role. But this is still highly controversial and enough studies have not been done mm -hmm. for, us to, for me to comment on this one way or the other. So mm -hmm. I, I would let that be because you could argue too that some stresses are actually gone. It's just that they have now been replaced by other stresses. So is it, are we in a, in a place where we actually have less stress or more stress than before? We're not really sure about that. But we have our different stresses. Mm-hmm. Well, I need to ask. Uh, so true. Is, is, that, is there any literature available that, for example, a man like me, you know, have a woman who has fibroids, and I want to know about it. Is there any literature that you can send me to, or the men who are listening, to get oh, yes. information so they have a better understanding of what they're going through? All papers on women's health would have um, mm -hmm. segments on fibroids. Okay. Even to go on Google, you know, you, you'll find a lot What's of papers, but, but you have to read it. You have to read these things critically. That's All right? You, can't you, you, you can't, yes, you can't believe everything that you read. That you read. Right. Because if you go on Google, you'll you see, see yeah. lots of things about stress and fibroids. Okay. But, um, I, I, no, we have not done any scientific work. In the Caribbean? Anywhere. To prove that. Okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
So one of our patients, yeah, well, one of our okay. patients, of our listeners. Yes, <laughs> no, no, not, not <laughs> medical, <laughs> not medical. Um, she's saying, boy, for her, it says um, stress contributes to um, heavier bleeding um, when you have the bleeding fibroids, but that's what she's saying. Well, we ha we have no studies. We have no studies, that. so you know we have I, to go. With the I studies. Know if I'm, I'm concerned. I mean, I'm I'm not technically inclined where the medical field is concerned, but is there any form of research being done on these things? That, I mean, from the university level, um, where you are going to publish journal? Maybe not locally. Um, or you see, the you see, what happened, you know, is that what we have to remember, you know, is that most local research is done and funded by the people doing it and one of the things that we have to pay attention to going forward is that research not only for fibroids no, but, but for generally, generally yeah. has to be a part of the health budget you know we, we, we can't escape it 30 percent of all surgeries done in this country are on fibroids. So th th there's no question about providing the funding for research in this area because this is going to be a big cost to our health care for the foreseeable future. But we can't wait until I mean, no, it becomes a pandemic. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's well, why I, I asked a question I, I about think, research because what you said. I think it's a pandemic already. So it is a lot of women are suffering. This is my concern, my concern all the while, and I'm not knocking any government or anything like that. But I'm saying that we need to do more research on yeah. our what affects the health of our Jamaicans and the whole our people within the Caribbean. Mm -hmm. If we really get funding for research, we'll be doing well right now because we could find solutions to some of the problems that you're facing. We wait until the horse going through the gate, and then you you, you go abroad or you seek help somewhere else to get to find to find cure or remedy for these things. That's why we have to work on our work on fibroids yeah, you, on, why, on the bleeding. Why, why should why should why should you fund your own research? It's something that can be beneficial to the country. I, I'm I will, sorry. I will reserve I am, my comment. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's what <laughs> I have for you. No, I am like that. Sorry, I'm like that. What is beneficial to the people of this country? It don't matter who is in power or what. But we need to do these things. We can't wait until it's gone through the gate. Then you go and say you're going to do some research or you call somebody from outside to come and deal with it. And we have the technical competence in this country. Well, we do. We of do. Course. We do. We do. And that, that is what, sorry, and I, some, I, I am like that. No, some research, like half of all but research I, that we could do don't even require expensive equipment, you know. Okay. All right. Another question before we, um, we wrap things up. Um, Princess Jay says, Doc, I have had continuous back pain with fibroids and since the surgery, no change. Sleep, bud. Um, well, fibroids, fortunately, are not the only causes of, mm -hmm. for back pain. Yes. And um, she probably, not probably, she needs to be investigated um, in terms of these back pains as to what else might be or what might be the cause. 
I, I certainly would suggest straight off the bat an MRI mm-hmm. examination. Mm-hmm. That might give us a clue into the direction that she needs to go. Okay, another big question, and this one is coming out of what Ava was saying. Um, and they're saying, AJ, you need to explore that number of women suffering from, from fibroids and can't get a surgery at the public hospital. Um, well, I, 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 I can answer that very freely. It is not because the people at the public hospitals are not doing the surgery. It, it, it is a case where the line is just so long. You cannot do more than a certain number of cases each day. If we bear in mind that 30% of all the surgeries done in this country are as a result of uterine fibroids, we're certainly not neglecting the people. There certainly seems or is a need for more. But that is still something that our policymakers will have to address. It's certainly not. I, I, I will take no blame as a physician for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're saying the line is long. Yes, and the line is, is long. long. The line is long. Wow. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So, just could, I think you create an institution or just, I know it might not be the cost benefit of it to probably home cinema, but. You can have a special institution that just deals with these things, so you can deal with volume instead because you know the hospitals have to deal with more than at different medical cases. Yeah, you could have specialty, specialist hospitals. Right. Um, the, pro- the limiting factor, though, is right. that you physically can't do more than a certain number of I cases each day. And then after you do the case, this person now could tie up a hospital bed for another three to four days. Okay. So it is not a matter of just bringing in one and put them on the table and take them off. Mm-hmm. They require time. T- time is a big part of any game, including this game. You mean you recuperating? Yeah, you have to keep them in the hospital post-operatively. Yeah, you, you have to do their post-op checks. Right. And um, they will be there for three, maybe four days before they go home. So so one patient actually ties up a hospital bed for five days, four to five days. Okay. You, you, you see where the mm-hmm. numbers go now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the line must be long. The, the line, line is very long. That's months. what they're saying. The line is and very is, long. And it's a condition which is endemic to black people. Mm-hmm. So if we know that, I say you set up something that can accommodate this and can even cut down the long line to a, a substantial amount that we can help to offset this long waiting. I mean, it don't, it don't take a rocket scientist to do that. Maybe they think this, it's, as I said, the lines are long and the doctor says that it's not really life-threatening. Oh, no, 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 that's, no. That, that, that's not, no, that is a, that's, that's a faulty interpretation of what I said. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's what I was <laughs> yeah, but maybe in terms of being in the hospital and prioritizing um, uh, in right. terms of who gets help when. All right, all right. Let, 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 let me give you a little story now. Mm-hmm. Patient anemic. Mm. So she can't really be done in an anemic state. So you have to correct her hemoglobin. This might be done using your iron 
supplements. We may use hormones to control the bleeding to cause the blood count to rise. You may even have to transfuse this person. A lot of money already being spent on this person, you know. And what you can't give is when this person will be fit enough to go to theatre. Because you have to be fit enough now to be put to sleep. So first we have to make you fit. But there's plenty of people who have to be made fit, you know. I mean, the problem is just humongous. Because they might have, have other issues. Thankfully, fibroids tend to occur in younger people. Okay. And they are usually in, in better health other than the problems the fibroids giving them. They usually are. Maybe it's not, maybe they, they don't see it as a priority. I don't know. Hello. A country, a country growth and development depends on the health of the people in the population. You know. That's how you grow. You know. It depends on the health of the population. You know, that come first. That is first and foremost. In, better, better than infrastructure or something like that. Because once you have healthy minds, you know, you have a growing economy easily. Because you have bright people. Yeah, we do. Yeah. So... As we're getting ready to wrap things up, we're so we're looking at the psychological my 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 area. <laughs> yes, my lane. The psychological impact of of fibroids, not only on the individual, um, but on the family, um, the economical impact of of of, of having um, this condition. Um, Yes, this is a very um, important part of the topic. Um, the patient will have psychological effects from the fibroids, um, even if it's as simple as, why me? But um, certainly people are affected, especially if they have had to have detailed and repeated interventions. Especially those who are trying to become pregnant and they keep failing to become pregnant or even worse, miscarrying. Mm -hmm. That's even worse than failing to become pregnant, you know, when you actually have these miscarriages. So this is an area of um, great psychological um, impact that the fibroids might have. And um, as I said before, the extent to this to which this may may affect the person will be dependent on how hard they've been trying um you have the social which can be both occupational and at home because remember now you know patients with fibroids they might be anemic so they may not be very productive at work mm -hmm. they might be absent from work and it can be such a chronic situation that even um, colleagues and employers who initially were sympathetic can get fed up of them. Because this thing been going on a long time. Too, yeah, long. So... No end in sight. Then, of course, as we had mentioned earlier about the interruption to your family life, um, the avoidance of intimacy, that sort of thing, intimacy can't, can't occur because of the condition 
you're bleeding or you have pains or something. And all of these things can lead to marital disharmony. So you have that impact to worry about. Then now you have the, the economic aspect, you know, which people don't pay attention to. You have a loss of your disposable income because all of a sudden you have to be paying money to go to the doctor. You have to buy medications. You have to do laboratory testing. You have to do imaging, ultrasound, that sort of thing. And you might have to do surgery. Now, this displaces that income from the rest of the family. And in fact, because of the fibroids, you may even lose your work. So you end up being unemployed. And the problem even gets even more compounded by the fact that as more and more women get into this age group, you have more and more people who have this sort of problem. Whether they're not producing at work or they're spending the household money. Mm-hmm. That's for the country. It it, 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 it it puts a strain on the health care budget. Mm-hmm. 30% of the people are now 30% of your operations are now because of fibroids. You have to buy all of these pads, all of these iron tablets, all of these painkillers, and um, it just goes on and on. And the equipment, basically. And then, you remember, bed. Yes. For the, the time for accommodation. And we still have a young population, so this thing is not even close to cresting. This is going to be with us for a long while. For a very long while. Scary. 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 Is there anything that you want to add before we wrap things up this time around? I think we have covered it quite well, you know. Um, A little deviation from our organizational chart, but it it probably made it more interesting. Yes. <laughs> Take a deal, little detour here and there. Um, but we, 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 covered, we, covered, we covered everything that we had hoped to. And, 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 and that's the key. And I know our listeners, they're still here chit-chatting, um, telling their, um, their stories. Um, inside the Mixalar chat room. And so we want to thank them so much for their continued participation as always. Um, boy, I tell you. Yeah, ladies. Um, we want to thank the gentlemen who, um, Ivo, gentlemen online who are listening, who are very supportive. Uh, thank you for supporting the ladies in your life. Um, Marcy B is asking, what are the statistics on black versus white females with fibroids? Three to nine times more common in blacks than whites. Three See? to nine. Three to nine times more common in blacks than whites. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Depends on whose study you read. Oh. So it's considered to be a, a, a black woman's disease. disease. Yes. Doc? Thanks for having me. I I had a good time. <laughs> 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 but, 
I am, I am here absorbing everything. And yes, I, 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 I have been interesting um, in, 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 in fibroids. I do read, um, but just to sit here with you and have this conversation, it's, it's eye-opening. It's eye-opening. The magnitude of the problem that we have but here in Jamaica. What, what, what I mean is not only medically, psychologically. Psychologically. Yeah. I got a text from someone who says that she suffered from fibroids for many years and she would also notice that um, during certain times she had memory loss um, the, that probably is more hormonal it's interesting that we don't have the information as to whether this was cyclical for mm -hmm. example some patients have certain problems only at the period time mm -hmm. and this is hormonally driven whatever it is if it only happens at this particular time of the month your hormones is doing something we Sometimes we can do something about it. Sometimes we just have to learn to live with it. Because they're going to be fine once the period is gone. Hopefully they'll be fine in the menopause. Quickly. That's another topic. Yeah, that's another that's topic. That's another topic. <laughs> menopause? Yes, it can. Yes, it can. <laughs> but I... <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it still. <laughs> Not to be recommended, but yes. <laughs> so lady, away. <laughs> Dr. Hardy, I thank you so much for joining us inside Singles Life and we're looking forward to having you with us in the near future so that we can um, learn more. Um, ladies, we need to take care of ourselves emotionally, spiritually, and physically. Watch what you eat. And don't forget to get some sunlight. Yeah? Don't be afraid of the sun. And your checkup. That is critical. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Well, thank you very much, listeners. Uh, it was a pleasure. Thank you very much the in-house crew yes yes I, I as i said i had a good time yeah, so did i so did i learned 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 so much good night we thank you so much singles live on the nation school est school 97 fm want to say thank you to evergo garden center when you want it to grow call the pro their friendly staff is ready to help you with everything you need for your home gardens remember you can also get your ceramic pots fertilizers plants and seedlings greenhouse structures and so much more remember to like them on their facebook and instagram pages that's evergo garden center and you can stay tuned for more segments talk segments inside singles live courtesy of evergo garden center cool 97 radio, radio.